This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. If old fashions are for traditionalists and vodka Red Bulls are for party animals, then who the hell are infected whitehead shots for? Today, we're talking about what your favorite cocktail says about you, because this is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Inayiri. And today we are excited to be joined by Greg Titian. Greg's the host of the YouTube show, How to Drink, a show about making drinks and how to drink them. He lives in New York City, and even though he's never worked in a bar, he sure enjoys making cocktails, drinking cocktails, and talking about movies, video games, and books all along the way. He's no stranger to the classic cocktails as well as the weird ones. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Hi, Greg. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. That was... Um that was a great intro. Wow. Dude, I, I always great, ask so. our guests to rate our intros out of 10 <laughs> because we work really hard on them. I, it's so hard for me to bring myself to write my intro. I get, that's one of those things like resume writing where I get really self-conscious. Like, I, I'm just going to avoid mm -hmm. this job. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't, it makes me feel yucky. Like, can I just take that? That was great. Thank you. Yeah, you that. can copy and paste that word for word. Perfect. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 just, just, just pay it. us like 10% like royalties on all future earnings and you're totally good. 10% on all future. Okay, cool. Venmo me $10. Or a $10 flat rate $10 to Nicole. $10 flat rate to me. That's okay. <laughs> you can buy a cocktail. <laughs> hey, what a segue. You can buy one third of a cocktail in Los Angeles yeah, at that that's price. Right. That's probably about right, uh, too. But no, so Greg, t tell us about your background in cocktails, how you got into it. I mean, I, I love watching How to Drink. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I mean, I'm always looking for cocktail inspiration because I'm like somewhat yeah. of a noob to the world. But Same. tell us about your background. So why why drinks? I'll tell you what. Um, so when I, there's so many different ways I could tell this story. So you just tell me when I've told enough and I'll stop. Um, that was great. I'll just scream the, at you like the a The short version <laughs> is that I was just always that weird dude who preferred cocktails to beer when my friends were throwing parties and stuff when I was a younger of age gentleman, mainly because I don't know why um, most beers 
And I found out recently that no, it's not all beers. It's just the cheap beers my friends were buying make me feel like I ate an entire loaf of bread like after mm. four sips. Like mm-hmm. I just wow. cannot breathe. And like, <gasps> why are you enjoying this? I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I like the you know I find the cocktails are just feel lighter and and better for me. But um, where like the 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 cascade of events that like led to how to drink is kind of a weird and specific tale. Um, I always had like this interest in cocktails and I got, uh, I had this PA job in the early two thousands um, mm-hmm. at a place called Michael Sharama company where we made food commercials, which was like doing like super slow motion, 35 millimeter production of like Wendy's salads exploding and stuff. It was like my first gig. I remember so we built cool. an air can yeah. and blew up. Love commercial food production. It was crazy. I mean, like, and I, and I, sure, yeah. I got to like absorb by osmosis, I guess a lot of that, like an interest and some of the tricks of the trade of like slow motion macro cinematography. Um, And then moved on and filed that away into the, you know, back of my brain. And then I went to film school and I got out of film school and I couldn't find a job. And a friend convinced me to become an editor and I became an editor and I made a living as an editor freelance like around for a while. And then um, my wife and I were in the city uh, well, no, my girlfriend and I were in the city uh, to to propose. I was I whisked her away to New York uh, for the weekend mm-hmm. to propose. We got engaged, and I we were at this bar. Um, it's called the Back Room, and I was like not really into it. We were both like, let's get out of here. And I was like, you know, there's a place in this neighborhood called Milk and Honey. I don't know where it is, where you can find it. That's like, they, uh, not to to jump the, the gun here, but they, I believe, are the progenitor of my favorite cocktail of all time, Milk and Honey. They're like a legendary Very craft legendary. cocktail bar, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Milk, I mean, sorry too, by the way. I really, <laughs> I have just dominated the mic since we started this show. No, but you're the guest, man. <laughs> Take your shoes off. Sit yeah. down. Get comfy. Feel free to just en- edit, like in post, just edit in like I- air sirens and like responses and stuff. Um, <laughs> Has anyone called you like the liquid food babish because I feel like it's it's just it's given me like I have was tales. just about to say that yeah no one has ever said the liquid food yeah. babish yeah it's not a great liquid it's food gross mm-hmm. to say that but say, yeah. <laughs> sounds like you're just babish with no teeth I was gonna say the, the cocktail <laughs> babish yeah it makes more sense me. <laughs> yeah I've gotten that comparison once or twice so that's awesome man and now you've been you've been running the YouTube channel for a couple of years now six right? years wow six, holy Wonderful. crap man yeah man it was so like you're, I mean like OG oh yep me oh gee that's oh, gee. the oldest of g's it started like much more in drips and drabs where it was like okay we will put together a production and we'll shoot like literally the first seven episodes of how to drink was shot in an, a very long day in my living Jeez. room with me and two other people and then i spent you know one of those a week um was being released and i said well if i get a thousand subscribers i guess i'll do more i thought i was filming like a reel for close up tabletop food work for directing. And I was like, but also let's make it a web series because I'm a millennial and I got to monetize everything I do. Smart. Um, Smart. Smart. And in reality, I was like, I had nobody to send a reel to like everybody. Like when I had been (laughs) working, I was working as an editor and you know, I could tell your boss like, Hey, I would like to direct food commercials. That's great. I don't make those. What do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the people that I had worked with at Michael Schramm and company only worked at Michael Schramm and company. And also that was like, when I say early, like it was 2003, I was making this show in 2015. So it was like, they, most of those people had retired. <laughs> like yeah, a lot yeah, of these yeah. were very old people who had moved on. Um, 
So I, no, I didn't know what the hell to do with the, the Dagum reel anyway. Well, it's it's funny because, you know, both of us, like, you've had a little bit of experience chefing, right? But, like, I've only worked in the media world. And we've actually gotten some comments who were like, how did you get your jobs if you've never been a chef in a restaurant? And it's like, because I have been <laughs> doing the exact thing that I'm good at and yeah. doing right, right now my entire career. So, like, the fact that you have a film background... I think is really cool, and it shows that like that's a hugely mm-hmm. important part, right? It's not just totally. oh, I've been you know slinging brunch drinks for the last ten years or something. It's like no, I'm a professional. I know how to shoot. I know how to edit. I know how to be on camera. I I, I have nothing but respect for the people who make fake food on the internet that no one actually consumes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Up top. Stunt foods. Stunt food, baby. That's what we do. <laughs> Some, of it is. Some of it is. <laughs> All uh, right, so let's let's get at the question at hand here. We're mm-hmm. talking about what your favorite cocktail says about you and yeah. because i think cocktails are one of those things that are like i call them like an identity food right sure like if somebody asks you what your favorite cocktail is mm-hmm. then whatever you tell them it reveals more about you as a person than it does simply what kind of tastes you like inside your mouth yep. mm-hmm. right and so i think it's a really loaded question and like i know for myself what i order at a bar it depends entirely on the context right yeah, I mean, everyone has a go-to drink, I would like to think, but it also depends on the environment, what I had to eat mm-hmm. that day, who I'm with is also going to depend. That's going to, like, change my drink order. Oh, it's it's a loaded yeah, question. of course. But, Greg, what, what do you think, like, cocktails say about you in general? I think that – well, first off <laughs> – well, it's a good question. I, what do cocktails... Feel free to disagree. They could say nothing about you, too. Yeah, what do cocktails say about you? Um when I first got into cocktails, when I was a young man in the nigh early 2000s, I think what it said about me, particularly not being a guy who lived in lower Manhattan at that time, was that I was a snob. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. But that was probably a little bit deliberate by yourself, too. You oh, probably yeah. wanted people to think no, that totally. you were punching above your weight class in Dude, a way. When, when, when you are a young man trying to find his place <laughs> in the world... There is you must project an image. I I went to many a wedding in those days and ordered a martini that I hated. And I walked around that wedding with that martini in my hand, wearing a suit, sipping it, thinking like, that's darn right. I'm drinking this martini. I'm a martini man. Look at me. I'm a martini man. Um, No, of course. Absolutely. Uh, Now I like martinis, but I don't like those. I still don't like those martinis. Yeah. Brief aside. I can't stand a drop of olive brine in my martini. I love oh. olives, but rinse really? them off. Rinse them off. Wait, so what is your martini technique? Because I'm on the opposite uh, yeah. level where I want it to be about 50-50, uh, just olive juice, sweet vermouth, <laughs> and a dash of gin. Sweet really? vermouth. Not really, but – or not sweet vermouth. Sorry. <laughs> no, vermouth. that's fine. Yeah, I, I think that – No, actually, I actually – I don't mess with martinis at all. That is one yeah. of those drinks that I, I don't <laughs> believe I've ordered more than once at a bar in my entire life. Oh, I've really? made one and I never went back again. Yep. Huh. And so I just I just don't mess with them. But like, what do you think if somebody says their favorite drink is a martini? What does that say about them? They're going to. Oh, man, I want to give you a short answer, but they need to say a lot more than their. If they only say their favorite drink is a martini, it says to me that they're a very surface based person and they haven't really thought a lot about themselves or their place in the world or their mm-hmm. drink order. Uh, a martini is so specific to just say my favorite drink is a martini mm-hmm. is like saying. I'm trying to think like my favorite cars have four wheels. Like, you know, it's such <laughs> okay. a just because there's so many specificities that go into yeah, a martini. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, as tiny, I mean like if a guy tells me my favorite drink is a Vesper martini, I know two things. They have terrible taste and they <laughs> wish they were James Bond. Like that's sure. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's really the only reason to drink a Vesper. It's awful. Although I will say um I have had 
okay vespers um leandro from um from the uh, uh, educated barfly came over to my place and made a vesper for me that kind of blew my mind but wow. a stock standard vesper stinks it's vesper is what Le- lemon twist a vesper is a split based martini that splits the gin with vodka which is basically uh, like saying uh. i like to turn the volume down on my gin I don't really get it, like why you would split it. It doesn't really make sense. Because and then, gin is technically just a, a flavored vodka, right? It's vodka flavored with botanicals in essence. Some people on the internet sure. will kill me for saying that, but yeah, that's essentially <laughs> yeah, what yeah. it is. It's, okay. it's, it's way more, it's a little more complicated than that, but essentially it is a neutral, at one point in its life, it comes out of the still as neutral grain spirit, and then it goes back into another still for an infusion process. Yeah. Um, conversely, like bourbon is never neutral grain spirit at any point in its process. Right. So like, yeah, by that metric, gin is flavored vodka and also vodka is incomplete gin. And then, um, and then Kina Lille. Uh, and then there's like this weird thing with the, with the Vesper where Kina Lille is like the old formulation for Lille Blanc. They don't make it anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can't get it. And how do you approximate it and stuff like that? And Okay. Sorry, we're getting way. Okay, no, okay. no, no, no. Sorry, I, I wanted to know because you just, I just sounded went, really exasperated. You're like, no, all right, I great. just went through. No, I just went through all the James Bond movies, like the ones with Daniel Craig, other than the new one. And I yeah. never like, I I just heard the word Vesper like 50 times. I'm like, mm-hmm. what does this mean? But I never wanted to like actually Google it. The other day, Julia was like, I want to watch all the James <laughs> Bond movies, and because she's never seen one, yeah, and I either. was like, there's like 45 or something. And she's like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never. And I'm like, they've been making them for 60 years, and she was like, what? Anyways, uh. Uh, I have to share something. So before I knew who I was, when I was like 22 years old, I used to work as a food stylist. And uh, I know it was a tough job. I was on my feet all the time. I was working at a boutique marketing agency. And I would just after like a really hard shoot, I would go to the bar with one of the graphic designers and we would both order (laughs) martinis and chain smoke cigarettes and just sit there and smoke cigarettes and have like a few martinis because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Like as an adult, like you're an a, adult. a working woman yeah. in the city. I'm like, I've had a hard day. You know, I've been around a bunch of people, been around a bunch of food. Let me just decompress. Yeah. So in my mind, a working woman that was there to decompress would always order a martini. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I would always do. And then I realized I'm like, do I really like these? Do Was I? This- this was Sex in the City days? I don't think, no. This would have been a little bit post that when people post. started rewatching Sex in the City yeah. on the streaming yeah. platform and they were like, oh, this this didn't age well. <laughs> oh, man. This didn't age well. Yeah, so that was that's what I always I thought. A mar- I thought a martini was for, for the working <laughs> girl, you know? I, that's what I always thought. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of similar with me in Old Fashions because that mm-hmm. was the one whiskey I knew that, I mean, I think gender plays a huge role in this, yeah. right? 100%. Uh, like Sex in the City, obviously, yeah. with, with the Cosmos Absolutely. and the martinis. Yeah. And then you grow up with this idea, especially like college, a lot of your drinking opinions are formed. It's like yeah. dudes are supposed to drink dark liquor. White liquor is for cat owners. You know, it has that <laughs> sure. kind of like Ron Swanson, <laughs> except people didn't understand the irony sort of vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. And so the old fashioned was like the only whiskey drink that I really knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's what I would go to, even though it's just like, ah, sugar whiskey. Nice. I mean, I still love a good, well-crafted sure. old fashioned, whatever yeah. I can appreciate it. But that was my version of that was and also chain smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, right? We were confused. We yeah. didn't know. We didn't know the harms anymore. back then, Nicole. Yeah. The data wasn't available. It in was available. I was just blind to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never got the smoking bug. I'm not going to lie. I good never, for you. Never bit. It sucks. Mazel. It sucks. <laughs> 
Greg, if I were to ask you right now, if you wanted to communicate to me the best version of yourself, and I said, what is your favorite cocktail? Okay. What do you tell us? My favorite cocktail is a Mai Tai. Interesting. Okay. That's my wow. standard response. Can you just like go through the general Mai Tai recipe? If you got any notes on the history, please enlighten the crowd. So um, Mai Tai was invented by Trader Vic, um, Vic Bergeron, in I think 1944. I think it's a 1944 drink is what it dates to. Um, My spec is to do a split base of rums. I do one ounce of a funky Jamaican rum. I like Smith & Cross and I do one ounce of a Demerara rum, like an Eldorado five year or something like that. Um, one ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of dry curacao, um, half an ounce to an ounce of orgeau, which is a French almond syrup, and then a quarter ounce of simple syrup. But as I've gotten older, I've simplified things. I say, what do you need that simple syrup for? It's just sweet. Let's get it out. Put Replace it with orgeau. Uh, mm-hmm. I shake it over crushed ice, serve it on the ice it's served on, and then you take uh, – okay, so the visually present presentation, visual presentation obligates you to take an upturned lime husk and put it in there wrong side up. So that it looks mm-hmm. like a little island. This does nothing for the flavor or like experience <laughs> of drinking the drink, but it's a visual like, you know, you're supposed to do it. And, and on the Internet, if you do things wrong, people yell at you. Um, yes. But oh, I yes, will say do. a sprig of fresh mint is vital. I like I hate making a Mai Tai without the spr- sprig of mint because you want to bury your face in that mint when you're drinking the drink. And the whole thing works together at once. I freaking love a really perfect Mai Tai. Um, it is to me like. God, it has so much going on in it, and yet there's nothing you can take away. Like, it is mm-hmm. the, the engineer's perfection. Like, it's done because there's nothing left to remove. It is all of the complexity that we lost in Prohibition. You know, in the golden age of cocktails was actually like uh-huh. the mid-1800s, and mm-hmm. we made it illegal in the during Prohibition, and the bartenders went out of business or they went overseas, and we lost a lot of that. And that's where you get, like, these two- and three-ingredient drinks from is a super simplified mixology. And then it's the post-war period – and people are doing tiki now, and all of a sudden there's this explosion in super complicated drinks. Like, I think the Mai Tai is really the apex of the form, where it's just like everything is there doing a job and intention and imbalance and presenting a thing that's more than the sum of its parts. But the drink I drink the most is an old fashioned because I'm very lazy. Mm. <laughs> Fair, honestly. Okay, so I, the, the Mai Tai thing is really fascinating to me because tiki drinks, we're on this huge resurgence of tiki drinks, right? I think, yeah. At least we, we all live in like uh, large market areas mm-hmm. where you can say crap like Mai Tais are back. Yeah. And, and espresso, we can. And espresso, what's espresso? Espresso, espresso martinis. martinis are huge right now. No kidding. That's a big thing. I love, I love getting Dude, yeah, you, you oh. can't spit and not hit an espresso martini They're huge in, in LA right the now. city right now. Right now, but the Mai Tai. I don't know what's up in LA, man. There was so <laughs> there was a um a restaurant in Los Angeles that was serving a forty dollar Mai Tai, Where? and that was like a thing. It was that in be a good one. What's that Koreatown spot? The fancy one? I don't know. Whatever. No. But anyways, point is that that was like a thing. Like they sent around a press release. Like we have a forty dollar Mai Tai. It's crafted exactly uh, from you know the the Trader Vic's recipe, except using this rum and this rum oh. and whatever. And so they they made a whole big play of it. But it was kind of this um, ironic high-low thing, right? Because mm. for a while, yeah. people thought of tiki drinks as fun party drinks. Oh, they're just sure. sweet. They have a bunch of fruit juice instead yeah. of mask the alcohol, et cetera. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then now they're completely back. It's like a chef making you know, the $25 poutine where yeah. they're just like stoner food, baby, it's in. With apologies to the entire uh, country of Canada for calling your national dish stoner food. But like, let's be <laughs> no, real, it's fries is. and gravy, baby. That's it is. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, so like if you told me your favorite drink is a Mai Tai, knowing you and your credentials, I would be like, this is a man who is not afraid of what people's opinions would be about him. Like mm-hmm. you, you know what you want out of life, but also you're so sort of on the cutting edge that you know this is almost like the correct answer for the time period. If that makes sense. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hmm. You know? This is I just a know. podcast I, I, about judging you're each like other. You're like a time traveler. We're just judging each other at this You're like podcast. the omniscient time traveler who's like, my ties are back, <laughs> ergo, yeah. my favorite drink is a Mai Tai. You know why? Because I can back it up with history and facts and drinks like tiki cocktails, the ones that brought back nobility to the cocktail <laughs> craft. Dead ass honest right here. That's like, that's what I think. Is uh, that accurate at all? Uh I got to I got to parse what you just said about me and make sure I understand the <laughs> statement here now, because I, I heard two conflicting points here. You said, I uh-huh. don't care oh. about what people think about me. But you also said that I've chosen this drink because no, no, you bad. sorry, you don't you, you want people to think that you don't care what they think. Oh, I it's don't. Meta. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I probably mm-hmm. do care what people think, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think we all do. I yeah. want to believe. That I don't care what people think about me. But Which I, is why you drink Mai Tais. But I do. No, I drink them because they're delicious. Because I love them. Like, that that's too. The, that is actually. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's the actual truth. Yeah. I mean, all alcohol tastes like poison. Do peel back here? <laughs> What's your relationship like with your mother? <laughs> don't start. Uh, not, don't start. You know, it's straight. It's complicated. That <laughs> yeah. happens. You know, uh, we've, we've all been there. Josh, your mom's nice. My mom's uh, the best. My your mom mom's will, my mom My mom now. will be all your mom's. Um, okay. <laughs> Josh, tell us. You'd love Shallow, Greg. She's the best. <laughs> what does your favorite cocktail say about you, Josh? What do you think? Oh, crap. Okay. So uh, Greg and I have already talked about this a little bit, so I think he knows the answer. Uh, okay. We talked about uh, answer. the 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 bar in New York that invented it, and it's a relatively new drink. It is the penicillin. Oh, oh you talk about it. It is all the, the penicillin. It is blended scotch. I'll typically yeah. use monkey shoulder. Why? Because liquor.com probably said that that's a good one and I was like it's only $40 Mm -hmm. as far as a blended scotch goes I couldn't tell you what better thing to do I've tried using some Japanese whiskeys because I want people to think I'm more cultured than I actually (laughs) am Uh Uh, but really I just went to BevMo and didn't care how much money I spent Nice. and then I'll use some Laphroaig quarter cask with a little floaty on top I add a little bit of fresh ginger (laughs) juice because I own cheesecloth and I can do that Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and I make my own little honey syrup like once every two weeks because sometimes I don't even put the honey syrup in the fridge, even though I should, but I want it on the bar cart. And then, you know what? It gets moldy. Mm. And then I got to throw it away. Flies do jump in there, yeah. Uh, But that's my favorite drink. That's my all-time number one answer. What does that drink say about you? That's interesting. I think that drink says you want to be very interesting. You want people... More than anything in the world, Greg. <laughs> That's a very cutting edge drink. You want people to know, oh, what is that? What is that drink? Mm-hmm. That's not something most people have heard of. I've heard of that. And you obviously have heard of that. But I think that, you know, if we're going to be a little scathing here, I think that's what that drink says. Yeah. Oh, you're not fair. scathing at all. No, you hit it on the head. My God. I We have a we have a podcast. Like, all we want is for people yeah. to talk to us and think we're interesting. Yeah. True that. True that. I, my favorite <laughs> comment I get on YouTube is, you just don't... You're just, you're just doing stuff that people want to see. It's like, yes. I didn't Amanda. fall on the upload button. Like, I made a trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. True. I just, uh, that is when people talk about the idea of clickbait. It's just like, I Duh. I think we make funny good things and I want more people to see that funny yep. good thing. So, yeah. Of a course. chef doesn't make food that he thinks people want to throw on the ground. That's true. Of course. Josh, I think uh, the penicillin says, well, number one, I have an allergy to penicillin. Did you know that? 
you're so interesting for having an as allergy my, to penicillin. As Nicole. my emergency contact, you should just know that. I, no, whatever. no, I'm not. I'm not your emergency contact. Of course, contact. you're not my emergency contact. I don't know. Contact. I was trying to be cute. I shouldn't be anyone's emergency okay. contact. Josh, that was a bit. You stomp all over it. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I deal with? Um, I just, I think that just me. Yeah. I kind of just to piggyback on what you said. I think you want to be interesting. I think you are interesting. So thank you. So yeah. I mean, it's a unique drink. Not everyone knows what a penicillin. The is. first time I had it was at a speakeasy in Tel Aviv. Wow. Sounds. How interesting is that? <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. They have speakeasies in Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah, at least yeah. at least one. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> yeah. the other thing it says too is you have to like scotch. I mean, you have to like a yeah. smoky scotch. Mm. To me, that Lafroy yeah, yeah. ginger combo, I respect it. It's not my thing though, honestly. Mm. No, that's that's always been a combo that I've really loved. Though, even like my favorite cookie is just a very heavy spiced ginger snap. I got some Tate's ginger snaps the other day. Mm-hmm. What a delight! All about Paired it, it with a look with a uh, white claw black cherry. Wow, you're Lovely. a man of taste. Now that's a cocktail, folks. <laughs> you are a man of taste. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him, you have no idea. Uh, While you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino, because I'm going to be seeing Sum 41. (laughs) Skate Punk is back, and it's not pop punk, it is skate punk. But also, they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant. Nicole, you're not ready for this one. <gasps> Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Nicole, same question applies to you. Okay. Where are you at? I'm a, I'm a simple girl. I just love Negronis a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I, first of all, I think they're delicious. And I people are like, I like to taste my alcohol. I actually do like the taste of all three of those alcohols together. It's gin, vermouth, Campari. I do like the way that they taste. I like the way that it makes my tummy feel because <laughs> I believe it's, a, it's an aperitif or a digestive. I don't know. Whatever it is, I just like the way it makes me feel. Also, I, I there's just like this this feeling of holding that cup mm-hmm. when everyone around me is is drinking a skinny spicy margarita, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's just it's again it's that uniqueness. It's like no one else is going to be drinking this, so I'm going to be drinking it. So I think it also feeds to my like desire to be unique, the desire to be the one girl that does this. Yeah. So it definitely. I like that it. you're sort of like almost unique in its sparseness. 
mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's a one 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 cocktail. I right? don't need mixers. Yeah, you don't. Right. It's just three liquors yeah. thrown in a glass. But that mm-hmm. said, it's also like it's a visually striking drink. You it see is. a Negroni. It's the bright red from the Campari. You know, and you just see someone holding that. It's almost like a beacon. It's like you're attracting attention to yourself. But sure. then when people go, "What is that?" and you're like, "Oh, it's really just three liquors in a glass." And you can <laughs> kind you of drink demure. this in an old fashioned glass or in a stemware on the rocks or neat or, oh, or up rather. Uh, I I like it in a in a whiskey glass. Yeah, big ice cube. Damn right, mm, clear clear ice. That's the clear ice. But fun fact about me, I I so I lived with my parents up until like a few months ago because I just got married. So I've never been able to make my own cocktails. Oh. I've never had the freedom or the ability to just go into my kitchen and mix up a drink. But it's something that I'm starting to experiment with now. And I'm very happy about it. What have you been experimenting with? Like, um, do you see your taste changing now? I, well, I've only opened two bottles of whiskey. One of them was a Japanese whiskey. And I've opened one bottle of gin. So I've kind of just been playing around. I still don't know was what I Was it the I botanist like. gin? Yeah, I stole it from work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we steal Borrowed a lot of liquor from work. I Workplace it. theft is a big hobby of ours. <laughs> I it's, it's part of the research budget. You guys have Thank a, you. a culinary-oriented operation right. yeah. you have to take right. those things home and work with them i mean i don't understand <laughs> the problem you. there it seems fine that's actually what it is it's all from the the show fancy fast food that we do mm-hmm. where you yeah. know we try and make like baconator or whatever as expensive as we can i had a version of that I, I wanted to do that for one episode i wanted to do the most expensive old-fashioned because i got this bottle of pappy van winkle and i thought that would oh really really annoy people to mix with it um yep. which, yeah yeah exactly um half our content strategy is just pissing people off i've been trying Absolutely. to get my hands on that for a minute it's very hard to Stop. Get your hands on. Don't worry about it. You don't. Need <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Very overpriced. It's, it's for the show. <laughs> oh, well, you can get anything you want with money. But it's but it's over. People are like, oh boy, where'd you find it? And I was like, I with a lot of money. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, but how do I make an old fashioned more expensive? And I was like, maybe we get like vintage aged bitters or something. They don't exist. There's nothing I could do. The only thing I could mm. do is like have. There's there's no. That's Gold. it. Like there's nothing. You go you know. harvest sugar yourself. Ugh, what oh, a process. Man. Yeah. yeah. What's time for that? You know, go yeah. it's like make it yourself. Just like take the sugarcane juice, you know, yeah. dehydrate it in an oven. Really do that. Uh, I'm curious. Okay, so we've talked about our current favorite drinks, but like where did we all start? Because you you mentioned the martini at a wedding. Sure. And for me, that sort of moment was uh, especially at college parties, because I mean, I, I could not to brag and jump back into that toxic masculine mindset of 21 year old me, oh, yeah. uh, but I could really crush some light beer. I, that is the thing. That I'm very, <laughs> Milwaukee's best light. They really go down easy. Sure um, but that said, I especially as I got a little bit older, I was like, I want to present to people that I am a foodie. <laughs> and I know cocktails, so I'm going to make a dark and stormy. Those are and good. I would muddle fresh mint with uh, with lime, and I don't even think you're supposed to do that for a dark and stormy. Nope. And then I would add it. You certainly not, but hey, no. it made me look really cool because I got a little cocktail shaker for ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would uh, put the rum in it, and then I would decant that out and pour ginger beer and squeeze some lime in it oh, yeah. into a red solo cup and say, "Do you want a dark and stormy?" And someone would go, "What's that?" And I go, "It's a." Cocktail. That's great. Yeah, and so that and so that was my kind of like first foray into like this is people assume <laughs> something about you because of what you're drinking, and I would do that, and boy, were people impressed at a party, mm-hmm. and it was just flat and gross and watered down, and I'm fine with it. Were they impressed? I, you know, I always I think that my my dumb dumb martinis, I wanted them to impress people, but I think that people like. It didn't really work for me. I think that the ladies at those parties were like, what a stiff, what a square. Who is that guy? 
Yeah, don't make me have a more accurate view of my past <laughs> self because I think there's a lot of things I'd look back on and really cringe. Uh, we I would were... make it with crack and rum also. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Upsetting. You know, what uh, you cra- know. We sorry. Go ahead. I was just say crack and rum. People are always on me about my dislike of um, spiced rum. I'm working on an episode about spiced rum and and why I hate it. And you know, what crack and rum always reminds me of. Yeah, similar time frame in your young twenties. You ever get dragged to a hookah bar? Oh, oh no! I'm I'm, I'm doing the dragon, baby. I love me a hookah bar. You know the 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 vanilla goop hookah tobacco, the one that's mm-hmm. yeah. that's what Kraken tastes like. It smells me. like a strip club. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But a little bit. We should do best hookah flavor. That's a good podcast. Oh yeah, it's it's apple star. It's Starbucks apple and Al Fokker mint. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah, you got we'll it. I'm a I'm a, a menthol honeydew guy. <laughs> yeah. Give me, honeydew. Give me the mint and the melon. <laughs> Actually, mint melon's really good. It's a good one. Actually, it's really okay. Good. What What are other cocktails that you think like if you had any advice for you know a person say they don't know a ton about you know cocktails if they're to yeah. go to a bar because I remember going to a bar and feeling a bit intimidated right I was like I'm not sure. gonna know the right words I remember the first time I went to a bar I was nervous I was gonna say the wrong thing and so I said gin and tonic please and they said <laughs> what kind of gin and I was like oh remember gin commercials and I was like uh, Tanqueray yeah. <laughs> I knew it Tanqueray is great and so that was like my sort of you know first go to drink at a bar but what do you think a good go to is it's not gonna make a bartender hate you and it's gonna make people around you love you and finally make you love yourself Bartenders hate making mojitos. Mm, they sticky. Hate, they hate making them. They hate muddling. Don't make them muddle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to come up accidentally, but it goes without saying, don't order a Ramos Gin Fizz. They don't like that. You ask if you're allowed to order that, but you're also not going to accidentally <laughs> find yourself in a place where you could order that. Yeah, drink. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think about it, but also I don't work in, I never, I, I, I've never worked in a bar as you pointed oh, out. Oh yeah, so that came up. <laughs> I don't even know. Um What's a good first go-to drink? I think that you got to read the room. I mean, this is kind mm. of a cop-out answer, but like you got to know if they want to be doing cocktails here, or if this is a, a, a beer and shop place, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's not clear. There's right. I, I went to this bar a while ago, and it was very much a crowded, crowded party bar at the time. Like, they had a mm-hmm. DJ on set, and it's just people sweating, rave raining from the roof. Right. But that said, it's like, a, it's like a supper club earlier in the day. It's a, mm. what do they call it? It's a clubsterant, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And so they had this craft Club cocktail. Stirrant. They had this like craft cocktail list up where it says like old fashioned, but there's like 19 ingredients that are not in an old fashioned. Mm. And they're like burnt orange, demerara syrup, whatever. And then there are people ordering, mm. you know, with 50 people in line, they're like, give me the old fashioned. And these bartenders are just like furiously yeah, muddling. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in that situation, you just you just get a tequila soda. Right. And you just yeah. crush it. Always a tequila yeah. soda. Yeah. So Always tequila soda. My my first, I'll order, I'll look at the cocktail menu. That's my first thing. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. order a cocktail from a bar that doesn't want to make cocktails. And the first thing to do is like, do they have a cocktail menu? I'll look at that. I'll try to pick out one because generally I think, I think this should be their best foot forward, right? This is what they mm-hmm. want you to order. So I'll try that. And if that drink isn't good, my next drink's probably a dark and stormy because that's really hard yep. to mess up. That's my go-to mm-hmm. for, oh, you don't really like to do cocktails. And mm-hmm. You know, I do like some beers, but oh, none of the ones I like are on the menu here uh, or that look appealing to me are on the menu here. I will have a dark and stormy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my, good. my my sort of handshake to the bar is because the penicillin is something that if you're at like a craft cocktail bar, it's dedicated to craft cocktails. If it's not on the menu, they can definitely make it. But sometimes there's that yeah. little, you know, where you're like two drinks deep <laughs> and you, you've drank whatever's on the menu. And yep. then you pull someone aside and go, can you do a penicillin? Yep. 
And then sometimes they take that as like a challenge. I went to a yeah. bar once. I was like, can you do a penicillin? And the guy was like, uh, yeah, I might have to make like a substitution. But yeah, and I was like, all right. And then he brings me like a, a highball glass with like soda in it. And I was like, what's going on here? He's like, uh, so, 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 so we didn't have ginger syrup and uh, we didn't have any uh, like scotch. And so uh, what this is, it's like passion fruit soda with whiskey in it. And I was like, that's not even close. That's okay. But they but I didn't read the room. They were also like in a they were like a coffee bar also. And this is at eleven AM. Oh. I was catching a flight in Austin. It was a whole thing. Interesting. And so that was one of those things where I was like, You played yourself, Josh. You played yourself you on this one. That one's not gonna I work wanted him to think I was interesting and now we just hate <laughs> Uh Greg, you got any closing any closing remarks here? We're about that time. We finish things up. I think we've really gone down the Freudian and Jungian rabbit hole. People always forget to throw Jung in there. I uh, never do. And do you have any closing remarks about like you know? Do you think that cocktails should carry this sort of weight? Do you think they should say things about you, or should people just drink what the hell they want? I think that both of those statements are absolutely true. And you took the words out of my mouth. I think not only do your cocktails say something about you, but the way that you walk says something about you, and the clothing mm. you wear says something about you. And if you really want to go down this path, you'll drive yourself crazy. And at the end of the day, what you should do is forget what those people, what what people are hearing you say, unless you're saying something, unless you're <laughs> unless you're getting heard say something you really don't want to say, and and do what you actually enjoy. Um, but yeah, but also at the same time, like of course people are judging. <laughs> Your drink. I mean, they probably Welcome shouldn't to be, the world. of course they are. Yeah, right? Like, that's what's happening. Um, Amen, man. I've been told that I walk like a mother about to scorn a child, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's With intention. you got some place to go. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, Nicole and Greg, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions, Opinions are, are Like Casseroles. We got at DLandry63, fish markets don't actually stink. They smell great. Anyone that disagrees doesn't actually like fish. Hmm. I have been to both kinds. I have been, I, I, I hate to have the, the I'm going to walk the middle line here, but I've, I've, yeah, a fish market that's working properly smells fine. I have no mm. problem with the smell of a fish market that is in sound operation, but there's a fish market down the road for me that has had some refrigerant problems. Yeah, mm. that's tough. And you, I mean, nah, man, that ain't good. That's a bad smell. 
<laughs> I, I know exactly where this person's coming from, though, and I, like, really 85% of the way agree with them. Because mm. I think when people talk about fish, right, I, I heard Food Network chefs growing up all the time being like, your fish shouldn't smell fishy. If it smells fishy, it went bad. No, it's a fish. It's a fish. Yeah, it should smell like a damn fish. And mm. also the, f- quote-unquote, fishier tasting fish, like things like mackerel, right? Yeah. They're like the most delicious. It it, it's more fish per fish yeah. that you get. Don't water down my fish. Mm. I want my fish to smell like fish. I want it to taste like fish. I got to go to the market that smells like fish, and I don't mind it because it reminds me I'm eating fish. The other thing about no. the fish market, too, is like the fish are not yet cleaned, so they still have their scales <laughs> and all the brine and stuff from the ocean. Like no. There's a lot of other smells happening at the fish mm. market than the fish. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, <laughs> you fair know, point. you guys, you guys are too nice. Uh, I think fish markets smell really bad, even the clean ones. They're not pleasant. They're gross. I don't like them. Sorry. It's like, a, like a cheese cave. But do you like a lot of fish? I love fish. I'm oh. a sushi fiend. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't. I can't. I can't. Like I can recognize a cheese cave or a cheese store, or whatever. It smells bad, but I yeah, enjoy but the products. Good. What? No. Cheese caves smell good. It fish like markets smell bad. Either my feet smell good. <laughs> And both cheese stores smell good or they smell bad. You got to pick them. You can't think my feet smell bad in the office and that cheese store smell good. I've never not once been that close to your feet. No time like the (laughs) breath. All right. Nicole, you go, you go, you go. Dump the segment. This is getting weird. Yeah. Greg, you're invited. Come down, smell my feet. Sarah, no. Sarah Chow 96, his sweet pickles are better than dill pickles. What say you? No. Mm -hmm. That person's wrong. (laughs) They are. I like dill pickles more than sweet pickles. I don't mean to always play devil's advocate here, but you ever eat a sweet pickle? And if you don't think of it as a pickle, if you think of it as a candy Candy? cucumber, it's pretty nice. No, you're right. It's a nice, yeah, well-refrigerated candy cucumber. But as far as serving the needs of a pickle, nah. I love a sweet pickle, but I would never rank it above a proper dill pickle. My God. That's tough. That's tough. All right. (laughs) Here we go. At Thomas Fowl 223. Okay, hear me out. That's how you know it's going to be a good opinion. That's a good American start. cheese on PB&J. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll hear that out. I'd give that yeah. a try. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to like it, but I would try it. Yeah. I'm willing to be convinced. I'm willing. It's about 60 cents worth of ingredients, so you're not right. – the opportunity yeah. cost isn't crazy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I'll do it. I'll I don't do, care. Should we all pledge to do it? YOLO. I think we should all pledge to do it. And then, <laughs> oh, this would be a great little – we're also going to diversify across platforms. We can all try it. We'll post on the social media on the day this comes out. <gasps> no. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff to do. That sounds Come difficult. I'll do, it. I'll do it. Greg will do fine. it. Fine. Okay, fine. We'll we're all it. in. Okay, fine. We're all in. We're Someone write that. We're doing it. We're going to start the PBJ and the PB, P, PBJ and PB, PBJC challenge. PBJC challenge. How do you abbreviate no. pasteurized processed <laughs> cheese products? <laughs> PPCP. P- I don't like PPC. You know, PPCP and PB sandwich. Can I reveal an embarrassing food fact about my my own life right now? Absolutely. That's this is for me. I, I, I was left to my own devices a lot after school when I got home, and I would peruse the house looking for snacks, and I would come up with unusual combinations. And one of the things I settled on as one of my favorite after school snacks as a as a wee middle schooler was an Entenmann's chocolate eclair. Paired with a large deli-style dill pickle. <laughs> hmm. Eaten, eaten together, together or separately in alternating oh, no, like, bites? I, I, like alternating <laughs> bites. And um, because of the the really extreme contrasting flavors between the salty mm-hmm. and the sweet of them. And also, I liked that they were roughly the same form factor. So, like, they were the same volumetric amount of food. That's just, like, some weird sure. OCD thing that was going on in my brain. But um, very tasty in your mouth. Made me sick many times. Kept going back for more. <laughs> 
That's that's your rosebud, man. That's your rosebud. That's how you because when you're talking about the mai tai, you're talking about like the perfect balance. And yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know these. That's that's the chocolate eclair and the pickle. That could be mm-hmm. it. It's it. We found it. Yeah. People. So when people tell me that American cheese goes good with peanut butter and jelly, I won't judge. I'm willing to try yeah. that. I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all done stuff, man. We all done deep dark stuff. BC Simmons 04 says double the amount of garlic in every recipe. All these recipes calling for one or two cloves ain't cutting it. Mm. Mm. It's tough. I think that if you want it more garlicky, yeah, maybe it needs more garlic. But I also think that if you're not getting enough flavor expression from your food, you have actually undersalted. Yeah. Salt is the baseline from which all flavor harmonies are written. Mm. You're smart. Mm. You need a little more salt in there before you commit to going. Because if you put too much garlic in something, you're going to feel it. One hour after dinner, you're going to have some monstrous heartburn. True. Maybe bring up the gain on your microphone just a little bit before you start putting in a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, distortion pedals and stuff like that. (laughs) I don't I'm trying to think of a a really stupid analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I listen to a lot of corn. And so distortion pedals are kind of my thing. Oh, okay. Um, Corn's like your favorite band. Ah, what do you think that says about me? You are 12. Yeah, fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) So no, I, I okay. Uh, I'm just saying they were kind of revolutionary for the new metal genre. Uh, that they were. What I would say about, uh, thank you. What I would say about the garlic thing is I agree with this in the sense that I think you should either have zero cloves of garlic or 30. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. No. I, I'm a big evangelist yep. on the idea of people are cramming too many ingredients together in the same recipes and then being mad that they're not tasting the garlic. It's like, well, if you want to taste more garlic, you can A, add more garlic, B, take other things out of there. Make sure. it about the garlic. If you're into garlic, make, I mean, piccata, yeah. right? Piccata got what, five ingredients in it? Make one of those ingredients, 30 cloves of garlic, have a fun time. If you're making a giant bolognese, I know garlic seems important to that. Not you really. omit the one clove of garlic in that bolognese, you're not going to know the difference. You might be right. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like black pepper and bay leaves. Like, let them be the star. Black pepper and Bailey's? Ba- <laughs> bay leaves. Oh. oh bay leaves. <laughs> I was like, what you got? I thought I had oh, a portion's <laughs> done now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I like garlic. I mean, I, I don't understand why. Like, I see all the memes, like, mm-hmm. recipe calls for two cloves garlic, and it's like a mountain, my recipe, mountain of garlic. I love garlic, but I'm not, like, obsessed with it in a way that I need to put it in all my food, like, times two. Yeah, we fetishized garlic as a society. We have. We have. It's very strange. Yeah, I Fetishized totally... shallots. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. Change the narrative. I, yeah, I'm down. I think a lot of recipes should leave themselves room for, like, to taste mm-hmm. because like, you know, what kind of garlic did you buy? Did you buy that weird purple elephant garlic? That's huge. Those are big cloves, but they're not very powerful tasting. Did you mm-hmm. get like, you know what I mean? Like maybe you live someplace where garlic comes out really strong and you need to adjust that. I have basically been trying to work that into my own show too. It's like, you know, well, you know, mm-hmm. the simple syrup is always to taste. It's always to yeah. taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything in food is to taste. Don't make it if you don't taste it and it tastes good. Yeah. Taste yeah. your food. Always. Uh, this next one, it's it's kind of cocktail adjacent. I'm proud that we got one. Yeah. Uh, at Hating Since 87, lemons are superior to limes in every way. Ooh. Yeah. You jump in, Greg. Ah. Uh. They're more versatile. They are more useful. You can definitely do mm-hmm. more with a lemon than a lime. I can't say that they're superior. I'm not I'm not a lemon supremacist. I can't get on board with that kind of a reasoning. <laughs> um, I think that, like, for one, <laughs> it's edited out of every episode of How to Drink that you hear me squeeze, squeeze a lime. But there's footage in every single lime squeeze of me on camera saying, it doesn't go to air, uh, <laughs> 
God dang, I just love the smell of limes. It just smells like vacation <laughs> every single time. Like it's just like such a transportive, like the combination of limes and rum to me are mm-hmm. so powerful mm-hmm. um, in some like part way back in my brain stem that I can't go with that. But I will recognize that lemons are more versatile. I, I'm going to, mm. one more thought. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep talking. You're not going to get to stop me. <laughs> lemons are way more versatile. You can do so much more with them, but all of my personal favorite things demand limes. I want some mm. Cuban black beans and rice. I need limes and I want a daiquiri or something like that. I need limes. I want to, you know, a Mai Tai. I need limes. Lemon is going to be a very poor substitution in any of those things. I feel that. Lemon, yeah. Lemons are like I'd say their limes have a bit of more bitterness and character to them, right? Lemons yeah, are a bit sweeter, have less pure citric acid flavor, a little True. more fruitiness to it, True. and also there's more juice, which I understand. There's more juice per lemon. Yeah. I get where they're coming from. That said, that bitterness in a lime, that's the beauty. That's yeah. where the Absolutely. money's made, baby. You squeeze that. I mean, one in in cocktails, lemon and lime, they go way different directions, mm-hmm. right? But then even on on food, like I'm thinking, there was a lime shortage at Taco Trucks in <laughs> California for a minute. Really? And so they were serving lemons Ugh. and it just it didn't work like the 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 lime, the bitterness cutting through that like sweet cinnamon on the al pastor, you know, the lemon just didn't cut it. Yeah. And so I, I, I know where he's coming from. Like when I'm squeezing fresh juice for cocktails, which is something that I do very often because I'm very cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you get like four times the, le- the juice out of lemon yeah. than you do a lime. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I wonder what would happen if we had lime juice and lemon juice with a little bit of ac- extra citric acid in it, if people could tell mm. the difference. Yeah, I think you could. I think they're you really think different so? in character. Dave Arnold, I think, does that. He, really? Yeah. If you get um, Liquid Intelligence, he's got like a whole bunch of like future ingredients that he developed and stuff like And I'm pretty sure it's in that book. Uh, maybe I'm misquoting. If I am, I apologize. But I think it's in there. He has a thing called um, lime acid and lemon acid, which are basically like – the isol- how to make the isolated acids from both of those things and concentrate nice. them. Nice. Um, Jeez. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of wild stuff in there that's like, okay, that takes a – I need a rotary evaporation machine. Like I'm not going to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to buy a $100,000 rotovap and, and no one would – We did? Well, Was we made a really half-hearted effort. No, no. This is like two weeks ago. Me and Ben <laughs> really into it for a minute. <laughs> I, I would have totally – And keep- on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich – if you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. Don't you want to thank him for being here? <laughs> Nicole, we do it at the end of this. Oh, we do? Yeah, that's how it always works. Oh we my find Maggie puts rap on the sign, read. and then I say something controversial. You try and respond oh. to it. I cut you off by ending it, Darn and then it. we we say talk I'm to Greg sorry. at the end. That sounded abrupt. I was I was unprepared. I was like, whoa. And he just <laughs> ends the show. Wow. I was like, whoa. Just like, I'm yeah, done. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I say my part. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. If you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or Zada with the hashtag Opinion Casserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. Greg, thanks so much for joining us, man. I realize how yeah. messed it up it is that we put our own plugs before we let you plug what you That's should plug. That's what I was saying. That's terrible. I don't want to do that I anymore. wish I could turn back the wheels of time. No. Truly, I mean, this is a really enlightening conversation. Uh, I feel yeah. like we we broke down a lot of bridges, uh, found out that Nicole is the healthiest relationship with her mother out of all of us. Uh, Mazel yep. tov. That's pretty exciting. I could have told uh, But yeah, man, where, uh, <laughs> where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube. Uh, if, you just, if you do a search for how to drink, you'll find me. I'm there. Um, you can find me on... Instagram and also on Twitter at how to drink but there it's got a number in it because I couldn't get my actual handle and that's mm. you'll find me if you look for me I'm not that hard yeah <laughs> all right I'll see you all next time <laughs>